0: Cross the line for Kerfoot, rink wide, shot, scores! Number 45
1: for Austin Matthews! Coming off the bench, he salutes the crowd, and the Leafs have a 2-1 lead.
0: Oh, Matthews is scoring. The crowd's going wild. We're all having fun in Hamilton. Oh, my. What happened? Not at all. The third period the Leafs want. Not the third period I wanted, quite frankly. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you on Sportsnet 590. The fan and the Maple Leafs radio network. 5-2 is your final with the Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic. Buffalo Sabres getting the best of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know we have our buddy Sam McKee standing on the line. I know he is freezing because he's been standing outside for a hundred hours. But Gord, I need to start with you. This is where I need your sage wisdom. You got to talk me back here. This is game. I don't know fifty something against the Sabers. It should not feel like it's this cataclysmic. I am not happy right now.
1: Well, uh, being not happy is uh, appropriate. Cataclysmic is not a bit it's, much. Uh, yeah, okay. It's but you know it's a signature game. It's an outdoor game. It's a lot of things. Buffalo, you didn't. You you, show, you showed no jam the first home game in months that fans were allowed a full house against the Buffalo Sabres had the lead here a couple of times. And uh, yeah, and I don't know how much it comes down to a soft goal again, you know, and then you got Austin Matthews doing it all, including getting incredibly frustrated, which mm-hmm. is not, you know, not usually part of his repertoire, but it certainly had to love as a compete factor and in intensity. So it's a, it's a disappointing third period. Uh, and it's a, a disappointing game for all those fans that made an effort, right, in the freezing cold and, and diehard fans that were out there. So I feel bad for them.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. If uh, if you were freezing your butt off, that's not the final score uh, you wanted. You know, I'll, I'll say it's not the final score he wanted. Uh, producer Sam McKee. Now, Sam, you texted us your vantage point of that goal, the squeaker by Peter Mrazek. We have to start there because of how good your vantage point was for it. But there's so much to get to from that third period.
2: Well, yeah, I legitimately could have been, couldn't have been sitting in a better spot to see that goal go in. And it was Henestrova that scored that one, the second one of the game. His first one went off Brody, right? Then Henestrova, yep. yeah, okay. So he, he the, the play developed, and he looked, and I looked at the same time he did. And there's a reason he shot that, fellas. There was a whole, the way that he was kind of angling off the net There was a whole open top, open side. He wasn't sealed to his post. It was a no-brainer. Like, you know, he did that. Obviously, he did it on purpose. He just ripped it straight in. And listen, I thought Morazic actually had some pretty good moments in the first and second period in this game. But then, once again, when it gets big, when it comes down to it, the thing we're talking about here is four goals in the net. I guess five with the empty netter, but four goals past the goalie. I don't... (sighs) I don't want to let the Leafs off the hook here because I think it was a pretty bad effort all around. I think the people that showed up did a better job than the guys that were wearing blue and white uh, getting into this game. But, man, what do you do, fellas, with the goaltending? Because you you keep sending out the guy that makes three-point. We talked about it pregame. He makes $4 million a year. You keep sending him out there. He's on a three-year contract. You keep doing it. But at some point, you can't keep doing it. What what do you guys do now? I'm at a loss for words when it comes to goaltending. It's just I've never seen anything like this.
1: Well, I don't know about never, but with the Leafs, the, the disappointing when part. When he'd been
2: competitive, let's say that.
1: Well, when you're talking playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's different, like, you know, hey, the ghost of Vesta Toskala and others. Like, you know, really. Sure. And, and those, but in the those,
2: Ma- Matthews era, I'm talking yeah, about
1: Yeah, yeah, in those years, you weren't talking playoffs. And the, and the the thing is, Freddie Anderson had goaltending cemented. That was the neat part about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander and John Tavares signing and Morgan Riley being here and yada, yada, yada is uh, – uh, fred you know lou lamorello three three really good moves six-year contract to morgan riley six-year con at five million six-year contract to nasm kadri at 4.5 million uh, a trade and a five-year contract at five million to freddie anderson there was a really good template there so right now you, uh, tuesday you're, you're you know you you, you, you maybe start tried starting some of the other guys but i i sam your question and you saw didn't look like it was a fun booth with brendan shanahan and kyle dubas at the I end didn't there see
2: that but they probably were not having that good a time
1: <laughs> no what's well, always pretty uh nowadays no booth is animated. i mean no one has fun in those booths anymore i don't know why i guess because the camera's always on them just your booth yeah. with yeah. bowen yeah. and ralphie that's the only fun booth, up booth up there, up there, going. <laughs> but again i don't you know like they, they they really don't have it in the cards to trade for a goaltender i mean you got to hope so anyway it's going to be an ongoing discussion more and more my my question to you is Sam, since you're there, like, how were the fans at the end? Because I'd said I'd said to brand start of the game, you know, if Peter Mraz, you know, got got in trouble early. I don't think these would be forgiving fans, you know, and so, uh, I, so anyway, to explain the, up, uh, the, the ups and downs of, uh, of a crowd and what the make- makeup of the crowd was and how they reacted throughout the game, especially at the end.
2: I will say there was a couple faint Bronx cheers, like really early. <laughs> like The first couple of saves he made, I heard a little bit of it, but they kind of grew into the game. Cause like I said, he was playing pretty well. He made some big saves after that glove save he made on the, in the slot. Yep. There were people chanting, Peter, I heard the crowd, people in the section behind me were Peter, Peter. So people wanted to get behind him. People were into the game. They were enjoying it. It was a close game. It was two, two. And then the backbreaking one goes in, but, I. It was a really boisterous crowd. People were having a blast, dancing, jumping up and down. It's just, it really sucked for the people that came out here today. In, I mean, it's not that cold, to be honest, fellas. Like, I mean, I've been sitting out here for a while, so it feels a little cold. We've been we've too bigging too you up,
0: talking nah, like you're your, uh, Jack too Frost too out there. Oh, well, I'm bundled up,
2: boys. I got gloves on. I got hand warmers. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm a Canadian after all. <laughs> I, I have been outside before in the <laughs> winter. But it's just... It just sucks for the fans because everybody was really excited. That Matthews goal goes in, the big MVP chance coming down. He's saluting the crowd. He's got the hands up in the air. It was really poised, I think, for like a big sort of season turning kind of moment where everyone gets excited and Mrazic plays well, and then the and then the opposite happens, fellas, and the bad one goes in and everyone's a little bit sour. But the, the Bronx cheers are a bit louder after that when uh, that one went in.
0: So let's let's talk about the crowd at the end of the game. There, of course, Matthews gets hit by Cousins. I got no problem with that hit. That's the guy going through center ice, and Matthews a big boy. He he can take a lick like that. I also have no problem with Michael Bunting going. mm-hmm. A little bit too much of that today. I think it's time to uh, make it at least feel like not a total uh, nothing game for for us today. Uh, what was the crowd like at the end there? Because well, I mean, just just hearing it through the broadcast, it sounded electric. I can only well, imagine at ice level.
2: People, it, so it, it started early. I, like I said in the pregame, not to. Uh, you know, pat myself in the back, but Matthews was engaged physically again tonight, and there was a couple times earlier in the game where he threw his weight around a little bit, rattled the boards a couple times, and then early in the shift with Daleen where he got tied up with them, they, they, Daleen kind of took him down. It was a little bit of an awkward fall, mm-hmm. and then Matthews kind of had a burr under his saddle. They get into that kind of wild swinging match there. I don't know. It, it looked like he kind of caught him up high there, hopefully no uh, supplemental discipline, but it... it It was kind of building from there because you could tell the Leafs were pissed. And then that hit was a big hit, flying through the middle, and then bunting. They were losing their cool. Like, that's the biggest thing, the difference between where we sit at Scotiabank Arena with the vantage point where it's very much, it's a great view. You see the whole ice, but it doesn't, you don't see the emotion of the game. You don't really get to see the interaction. Sitting ice level, the interaction, bunting was extremely mad. Like, that was not, he was not faking anything. That guy was really mad, fired up. But Kev was going after it, so it was good to see a little emotion out of them. I I hate that it had to take them being down 5-2 and their star getting hit. You would have liked to see that a little earlier, but I did like the response there, and it was really cool to see how pissed off Bunting was. Because, boy, he was less than thrilled. I'm not sure he's going to be able to handle uh, Dylan Cousins from the Yukon. He's, bo- he's a big boy. He's a big. He's a lot of guy out there. But yeah, uh, that was a that was a fun little end of the game, at least to get the people a little fired up if they had a couple too many Coors Lights.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to, you know, obviously or the, spike f- Tim Hortons. Well, the or yeah, whatever. the first the first period was non-eventful, and then Bang would get the scoring. So it was really, you know, and then each time the Leafs scored and got a lead, it seemed relatively <laughs> quickly uh, that uh, that. Buffalo came back to tie it. So, I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to think where kind of we we know the soft goal was what was a turning moment. I mean, Tavares didn't get a penalty called against him. That was
2: him. egregious non-call. Yeah,
1: it was. But I'm, but also I'm not going to go there again after the Arizona. You know what I mean? Like yep. just as far because at that point, uh, the, it, it's part of the game about not not you know penalties called or not called, and that then it was it, it just kind of was. Did you get a sense down there about Buffalo taking over?
2: I- It's hard. Honestly, it didn't really feel like one team took over the game. It really kind of felt evenly matched. And I think the shot counter towards the end of the game, if I turn around and I look here, you have 38-36. So it was pretty evenly matched in terms of the way the puck was going towards the net. And I don't think that's what you want if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you're looking to go deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs, you definitely don't want to be going shot for shot with the Buffalo Sabres in an outdoor game. But I I did get the feeling that the, the Sabres were playing a lot. Freer. You know, they were playing like, hey, we're a team that's close to the bottom of the standings. We're having a blast here. We're taking this all in. We're coming up to Toronto or Hamilton to kind of in our apparent home game to kind of take the wind out of the sails. And the leafs looked tight. They just looked like they couldn't compete a complete a pass. And by the middle of the second and into the third period, you couldn't use the weather as an excuse. It cleared up, fellas. It was pristine. There was no barely any breeze. It was really, really good. So This is ugly. I hate, I hate to get too overreactionary, but this was not a good effort by the boys in blue and white here.
0: Well- so that's, that's kind of where I go to this, and we talked about this before the game when we had you on, about, oh, okay, outdoor game, okay, it's one of 82. Okay, it's Buffalo. Okay, there's a million reasons. Okay, the goaltending is what it is. There's all these reasons why you can say, okay, it's going a little funky right now. We've all done the chicken little thing where, oh, my God, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and we don't want to do that. We do want to give this team credit for the way they played this season. But, I say all that, but this is a trend now over the past couple of weeks you're giving up four pretty much every night and some of that is goaltending but it's not everything and you know it just kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the, the start of the game how much do you look at this and go okay this is really time to be a cause for concern and not just a minor blip for a team can,
2: can i say that if this game ended 2-1 and the wind was blowing and the least lost 2-1 and they had a bunch of chances and it was just kind of a but the way the third period went, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not pretty. It's just it's just not pretty. It's the exact opposite of how you wanted to script the script to go with the goaltending and, you know, some chances given up. <sighs> you know, I'm a, rag- I'm, I'm a fan too. I'm a reactionary. You know, it's just... I didn't really like the compete level towards the end of the game. It just felt like one team, there was a lack of urgency. And what have we always talked about with the Leafs in the playoffs? There's that sense of, you know, one goal goes in, two goal goes in, and it just, there's not a a sense of urgency. It doesn't feel like they're really pushing, pushing. And I felt that big time. You know, the crowd felt that big time. It felt like they wanted some some more shots you know they're down three two morgan riley's got the, sh- the 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 puck just inside the blue line open lane to the net he holds on he holds on gets the puck in deep tries to feather one it just feels like they're just trying to make the perfect pass they're just not a ton of urgency so i don't want to get too concerned because like we've said it's march but man it's just not pretty and maybe it's just because i was sitting out in the cold but man it was just a no bit of you an said it wasn't that effort.
0: cold you can't use that as an excuse a bit
2: of an just bit of an upsetting effort here fellas i would <laughs> like to see more for all the fans that came out today
1: well, there'll be fans, you know, back at home. Good test. Dallas test really needs points. It's a four. It's a, a every Robertson bus for them. Yeah. The, the Robertson Bowl. You're right. And then, of course, the Carolina Hurricanes. What a great test. They'll <laughs> be on Thursday. So curious, couple things. So um, crowd wise, how much do you think, like, if you had a percentage, how much was it full? Like, and, and also, what was the split between Buffalo and Toronto fans? Your guesstimates in both counts.
2: So I would say that. It was. It looked pretty full. Uh, they announced a sell out. I wouldn't say. It, I wouldn't say all the seats were taken up, but there was a lot of people here. And I, you know, when you're walking in, you see people. You think, oh, there's there's a few Buffalo Sabres fans. When they did the Leafs versus sort of Sabers cheer, it was a. Uh, Pretty big split for the least. <laughs> I would say it was maybe ten percent Sabers fan, ninety percent Leafs. You know, when the when the Sabers scored, you weren't hearing a lot of cheers. You're hearing a lot of boos. So, I would definitely say there was ninety uh, percent Leaf fans here. And yeah, it's and, just
1: and, too and, bad. and this is part Brent and and uh, and Sam about. You know, when you get upset, you realize the power of the Leaf. That this is a Buffalo Saber home game, <laughs> and this mm-hmm. game was struggling attendance wise till about two weeks ago or whenever, that they got the Toronto Maple Leafs to get on board and make it a Toronto Maple Leaf event. It's not that they ignored it, but it was a Buffalo Sabre home game. This was the whole thing. And so, as I say, really, that that's what's uh, amazing and wonderful and why you've, we deserve more who support the blue and white. Yes, I mean, yeah. we do. It it, it, it it is an incredibly, incredibly powerful logo.
2: It, it's I, I love that you said that, Gord. It's just people out here. And, you know, we always talk about the Scotiabank Arena experience, and sometimes the people that are sitting in the lower bowl, and sometimes it can be a little bit quieter from time to time. And we've been, they've been better, I think, since uh, since restrictions have been lifted because people are happy to be there. But we know the reputation of Scotiabank Arena. That was not the case here today. This was a lot of real fans, a lot of people out here really loving life, and uh, they didn't get a ton to cheer. Like, hey, I got that Matthews moment at least. I was it Kasha that scored the first one. But yeah, other than that, not a ton to cheer about, fellas. Yeah, we just That Morazic save in the slot
0: that he did the big glove save. It's like, oh, is this a turning point? I, no. I thought that. I for sure thought because I convinced myself that every single thing, every time Michael Bunting <laughs> rubs against someone, I'm like, this is the moment they're going to say the shift that Michael Bunting had in the second. No. And I thought the exact thing with Morazic. Honestly, I... Uh, at first blush, I thought that thing was going ten feet high, and he just had to sell it. That was a great stop. So yeah, I, I awesome. really did think that was going to be it. All right, McKee, you've uh, you've you've stood outside in the cold long enough, even though you said it's not that cold. It's so not that bad. So, yeah, actually, yeah, we don't. It's
2: feel actually bad downright
0: splen- It's actually downright
2: splendid right now, fellas. Like the wind has died down, the snow has stopped. I might just sit here and look at the ice for another, and just you know, reflect on what happened out
0: here. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> think about something happy. Uh, all right, there. there Thanks, he goes. fellas. Our buddy Sam. Good McKee. stuff, boys. Hear him all the time. Uh, Real Kipper and Born. Uh, They're they're. Three wheel there or are you the third wheel and he's the fourth wheel i, I don't oh, no, know he's, you guys, he's the
1: guy he's the guy i'm he's a, a, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm a mini wheel i'm a, like a tonka toy <laughs> that they you know once once a week or once every two two weeks i get to play and go in the play group
0: chief dog park correspondent i think is your your official well, title so or, or pioneer village as well, well. i know that's yep, another popular many, spot for you
1: s- many spots but i mean of course you'll have jeff merrick uh, uh 12 noon and then kipper and born three three to five so you know, this game to talk about it Monday and also the the, uh, the push to the playoffs, the charge coming down the stretch, the NHL trade deadline. So it's going to be a uh, a busy, fun time on all those shows. So I look forward whether I'm on or, or listening. Yeah, I, you know, and, and good on Sam getting the experience again. It's always about keeping things in context about one out of 82. You games. keep
0: telling me I will one well, day learn.
1: I don't. Well, uh, I know some people kind of keep rolling their eyes at that. Speaking of Jack Eichel, I <laughs> roll. But uh, that that is where you have to look at not so much staying the course, but you made a commitment to a certain way. So if you're going to start deviating, you've also got to do that in a a responsible way. Mm -hmm. You can't just do it in an ad hoc, like I'm pissed off. So here's what I did. And then two weeks later, geez, I wish I hadn't made those moves. So, and and there really aren't a lot. Like right now, what are you going to do for goal? That's the thing. (laughs) You're going to put Peter Mrazek in or Schalberg or or someone else. I mean, that's what you're going to do right now. You're going to hope that Jack Campbell, you're not going to rush him, but you're stuck. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of stuck. It's like, it's like when your credit card bill comes in and you only got so much money, what are you going to do? Well, you're stuck. And yeah. next, next month it'll come in again and you'll still owe that kind of money with a pretty good interest rate. Then maybe somewhere down the road, things have worked out that you, you're able to each month, pay it off. Whatever.
0: Yeah, who, who knows? Maybe Mike Palmatier's is the answer. You know, Peter Mrazek flashing it back to him with that wonderful glove save that we all uh, love to see, but uh, it wasn't meant to be today. The Leafs faltering again on the road in Hamilton. Five, two is the final against the Sabres. Andre Kasha and Austin Matthews. Get your Leafs goals. Austin Matthews. Got up to some shenanigans at the end of the game. People wondering if there will be supplemental discipline. We will get into all that and more. Potentially hear from Austin Matthews. Maybe hear from Sheldon Keefe. A lot more to do. Keep listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan. Leafs Nation game here, Brent Gunning, Gord, Stelic alongside me, walking you through a 5-2 Leafs loss at Tim Hortons Field in the Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic. I had a Tim Hortons on my way in. A little free plug for them. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, I talked about it. Austin Matthews. Look, he scores the goal. We love it. His 45th of the season. Uh, for me, he's still my heart trophy frontrunner. But, uh, you know, based on the conversation following this one, I believe there's a chance that Austin Matthews could have some supplemental discipline. Who knows if that's a fine? Who knows if that's a suspension? Who knows if it's just the league looking at it and then choosing to do nothing? It is definitely one of those gray area plays. Uh, For me, I am not as strident that that's a suspension. I'm sure you're all sitting out there going, but Brent, you're incredibly biased. Yeah, a little bit. But I thought that uh, I thought that Dali was giving him out just as much. Gord, well, you you saw the cross check that Matthew uh, doled out there. Do you do you think his wall to be a little lighter? Do you think he'll miss a game? What would you what would you say?
1: Well, it, everything is reviewed, okay, period. So it gets a little dramatic. I know everyone's oh, it's oh, gonna it be going to ever review the they, NHL. Um, they 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 review all games than anything. You know, and 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 they can do it on their own and what have you. Anyway, we we know all about that. So. Do you ask my opinion, and I I believe. And again, they'll if if they choose to want to talk to Austin Matthews and want to talk to uh, Rasmus Dalene as well or whatever, then they can choose to do that. Uh, I like the feistiness. I like that he was being physical. It started from a hit before they got you know physicality both ways. Uh, Dalene did give him a cross check, not quite the cross check that Matthews gave him. My my defense would be that I I think he was trying to get. It looked like to me. He was trying to get him on the shoulder. Now, it glances off and gets more up into the neck area. Um, is what you could you could argue or debate or could be problematic. So uh, I don't know how they're going to interpret it. I mean, Jason Spetz's suspension stunned me when he got six games. Okay, I I wasn't surprised that he got something, but six games really surprised me in that particular case. So we shall see. My prediction would be uh, it would be one of those whatever the fine amount could be one thousand eight hundred fifty three dollars and twenty seven cents or whatever those amounts they somehow come out with and, and they come out with it because it's in the collective bargaining agreement. That's what they're limited to.
0: Yeah. As part of a, as a percentage uh, of a player's salary. Look, we'll, we'll see. I think the thing about this team is that one, we've said it again. And even despite how, you know, cantankerous I was to start the post game show, how worked up I was. This is still a team in a great spot losing Austin Matthews If he is suspended, I am not saying he is, I am not even calling for it. I don't necessarily know that he will be. I think he probably will be because it's a one standalone game. It's Austin Matthews. We're sitting here talking about it. Everyone across the league is going to be talking about it. I do think sometimes that just kind of tips the scales a little more and okay. Everyone's watching this one. Let's make sure. Uh, losing Austin Matthews for one game. It hurts his rocket race. His rocket Richard trophy odds more than it does the Leafs playoff odds it hurts them more than it does the Leafs and I honestly do wonder if there's a world where you don't have Matthews for a game and you know you were saying before the game you're you're waiting for that and he's not been bad but you're waiting for that big Tavares night the two and two yeah, or whatever the it first is
1: star John Tavares the 47 goals that season you're just just that kind of level because he's not a you know he's a guy when you critique he does so many so many things so so well and we and we and we don't criticize him or were easier on him because he chose to come here and look yep. what and look at the wrath he's incurred by leaving Long Island as well to come back home with the Maple Leafs so but you know as again as an 11 million dollar a year player because cat because uh, salaries matter in the cap world um, that's you know there, there there's more that you generally would expect I mean you're expecting that I mean tonight two goals I mean we're you got this one two punch off offensive juggernaut that you know you expect four goals the other way per game rather than four goals, four or five goals against, and just two, four.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the problem right now. And again, you don't want to make it about just today in terms of the offense, because look, okay, you're, you're playing outside and, you know, a foot of snow for two periods and you got, you know, torrential wind in your face. Okay, fine. It's not going to be a beautiful Picasso art, uh, you know, offensive performance, but in terms of what this team is capable of, We're waiting for those laughers. And I don't want it to be they scored four goals against the Coyotes because they had to come back in that game. I want it to be that Kraken game so, so many moons ago. Not the one we just saw, the one in Seattle where it was a 6-2 laugher. It was never out of it. They need to have a game like that to get back to it because we talk so much about Peter Morazic needs to feel this. Jack Campbell needs to be confident. True, of course, of course. You know who else needs to feel good about themselves? The offensive players on this team. And of course, Austin Matthews does. He has 45 goals. But we have talked a long time about John Tavares and William Nylander and the lack of production there. And that kind of bleeds a little further down the lineup. You know, a guy like Alex Kerfoot, I think he's playing great hockey for you. You'd like a little more production. You, You would. Jason Spezza, he has been a tremendously important player for this team. I know he's been healthy scratch the last two games. Maybe the wrong guy to pick on. His production is dipped. Everybody's production is dipped outside of Michael Buntings. He's the only guy, him and Matthews and Marner, the only guys who haven't really seen a dip. And you can't be a one-line team. And this team is too good to be a one-line team. And I don't think it will continue, but it's been going on for so long. I genuinely wonder when they're going to snap out of it.
1: Yeah, because uh, two things in the playoffs you're you're expecting and hoping are better goaltending, or else the kind of goaltending that Jack Campbell gave you the start of the season, but also that one-two punch. And yeah, to the point it's it's kind of masking that the one-two punch isn't the one-two punch that it can be
0: and you hope it to be. A one-two punch, You didn't, I didn't even think you knew we were doing this. You set me up so perfectly. You want to talk about a one-two punch. Here's Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley following the loss.
3: Austin, just your initial thoughts on the game and then how rough things got, especially on you and, and John Lynn at the very end there. Uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, obviously a, adaptation to the you know the elements and uh, just kind of trying to adjust to, uh, to everything um, you know, i think it just kind of the first period is a bit of a feel-out process and then the second period obviously uh kind of got going a little bit i think uh, both teams just kind of got used to uh, the conditions and just kind of playing through that so um you know with with that being said it's uh you know these kinds of developments just kind of keeping it simple is probably the easiest way to uh, to go about uh you know a game like this questions for the guys? Kevin go ahead. What about the, uh, the altercation with Dolan there, you a little worried with the cross-check to his neck with uh, that retaliation which may be like a cross-checking penalty call on him So, uh, all the way in the back in the middle
4: Just for both of you guys so uh, with all the excitement and the um, build-up to a game like this is it make a loss like this more difficult to take yeah i mean that's always a possibility when we go into this i mean one of the teams has to lose and we talked about the importance of these points uh you know the importance of the game in general so the results so you know what we want uh, but the buildup is what it is there's no way to to go around that uh you know that's part of the fun uh, and then if you get to win it's it's great if you lose um, you know you don't feel so good about awesome. anything can else for morgan and austin can austin
3: answer the same
4: question yeah.
3: morgan what is it about this team that seems that you play to the level of your opponents you've just gone through a period of games outside of this one of course um, against lesser opponents, and you really haven't played to your level at all? Well, I think I mean, every night
4: you're playing a good team. You know, There's no such thing as a, as, a, as an off night in this league. Uh, I mean, teams are hungry, there's guys playing for contracts. You know, there's lots going on. So I don't think that there's ever a night off. We talk about all the right things in the room prior to these games, whether it be this one or when we played them you know, two weeks ago, or Arizona, or Seattle, you name it. Um, but teams come out and play us hard, so it's on us to respond. I don't think that's an issue for us long-term, but obviously right now it's been uh, it's been tough sledding, and I mean, we've got to work to get out of it. Quest For sure. I, I mean, I think whenever you lose, depending on who you're playing, whether it's the best team in the league or the worst team in the league, you, you don't want to leave the building with a loss.
3: Do a couple more from left.
4: Hey guys, either, either one of you can answer this,
3: but with the way the pucks are going in, what does it seem structurally do you think you know, going forward? Uh, whether it starts Tuesday against dallas or beyond that what else to change in front of uh it i mean i think defensively um i mean, some of those tonight just some unlucky balances right um, but i think defensively um you know maybe we've improved in, in, in some areas that we wanted to clean up and then um you know maybe some areas that weren't lacking before now are, are kind of slipping so you know it's on us as a whole and as a team to uh clean those things up and make sure that you trying
0: to fire on here here that's what you want to hear from austin matthews cleaning things up uh there's definitely stuff to to clean up morgan riley got asked about it there it's been a problem for this team playing down to to your competition Nobody can be the absolute best version of themselves every day. No hockey team can be the best version of itself. 82 nights, but it has been a bugaboo for this team. And I don't just mean in the Matthews era, we can go back to the Tyler Bozak Leafs. I don't know why I always give it to him. Dion Phaneuf was the captain, but you know, it's been a bit of a problem for for this team in this market. And it's something you do have to clean up because I guess you could say in the playoffs, you're going to play a good team no matter what, but they played down to their competition in the playoffs last year. And that's why they got eliminated by Montreal. We want to hear from Leafs head coach, Sheldon Keith. But before we do, we're going to take a little break here. Keep listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here. Wrapping up what was a 5-2 loss outdoors in Hamilton at the Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic. You know, we just heard from Morgan Riley and Austin Matthews, specifically Morgan Riley, talking about playing down to their competition. You know, he doesn't think it's something they do. He thinks every team's good in the NHL. Okay, we know what you mean, Morgan, but you know what the question meant as well. Uh, Gord, did you want to add a little something on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's giving a good answer, Like, and he answers the question. He doesn't get sucky about it, which I like. Morgan's always very, Morgan Riley, very, very professional but to the question about about this recent stretch is and again it's our stats with stevie felon always the best so leafs allow four or more goals mm. in six straight games first time since january 2008 so it's been 14 years so that just shows this recent stretch you put it in context and we're talking some pretty ugly years yeah. ugly years when you're going back from 2008 until whenever and yeah so six six straight game not road games six straight games period most were at home most were against lower competition mm-hmm. and that's what they've done four plus game four plus goals in six straight games first time since january is 2006 let me see is that an eight or a 06 8 or to get my it's you can see i got to get my glasses
0: on several anyway, decades long time this is what long we're time, talking about long here. time Well, and the thing is, is, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit in terms of having a stretch where you can make some hay. Okay, Sabres, you didn't like the game. Then the Canucks, you don't like the game. The Blue Jackets, okay, good job. You take care of business. The Kraken, same. You lose to the Coyotes. You lose to the Sabres. And now you're in a tough stretch. You got the stars, you got the hurricanes. Okay. The predators aren't quite in the class of those teams, but that's not a team that gets, that gets rolled over there. I mean, the, the kind of easy stretch is, is done. Now you're, you're kind of back in the thick of it. Who knows? Maybe that snaps you out of it. Maybe that wakes you up for lack of a better term, but the, the chance you had to make some, Hey, that that's gone.
1: Yeah, and I can't keep going back about those three games, finding ways to win, that Austin Matthews, a a dull game against Minnesota, was a difference maker. That Detroit, even though the score was ridiculous, that the Leafs did find a way not to blow the lead and get a couple of goals Mm -hmm. and win it, 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 10-7, 17 goals. And then the Washington Capitals, that the Capitals weren't playing their best hockey, but still a a tough team to beat, and the Maple Leafs were down and came back and won. Those were three straight wins. Well, they're they're more and more in the rearview mirror now.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. We keep getting farther and farther away from it. And, hey, it's it's entirely possible. We're, we're sitting here on Saturday going, oh, Leafs just beat the Stars. They just beat the Hurricanes. All is right in Leafland. I really hope I'm saying that. I guarantee you those are not the words coming out of Leafs head coach, Sheldon Keefe's mouth right now. Let's hear from the Leafs head coach. Uh,
4: Sheldon, you're, uh, what was it like in, in the elements, first of all? Second question, how disappointed are you that, uh, you know, you took the lead briefly, you killed a couple of penalties, you didn't capitalize on that uh, momentum like it looked like you would. Elements obviously took some adjusting to, for sure. Um, As the game went on, the weather seemed to settle down. uh, Really the wind was probably just, the biggest factor was the snow stopped. I think even the wind might might have uh, settled down a little bit. Early in the game, I thought, uh, it seemed like in that first period, especially, the sense from our players and the feedback was just that playing against the wind uh, was was tough in that first period. Uh, they got a really good push in the second period. Like you said, we we scored some big some goals and, and got some momentum. Their second goal, you know, going off our foot there—that's a tough balance for us, and, and we just didn't get enough offense after that to to make up for it. From right, uh, Kevin
3: thoughts well, on Austin Matthews tonight. Uh, obviously, another goal, but he's taking his frustrations out of the end of the game on Rasmus Dahlin there, and maybe got him in the neck. That uh, back and forth. What do you think happened, and what do you think should happen?
4: I haven't seen it back yet, but you know, Austin's a competitor. And he's beating here today, like everybody else. but I haven't seen, uh, have seen exactly what happened there.
3: And uh, just your thoughts on, on Peter tonight? Did he show you what you wanted to see, or is? Uh, so yeah, I thought Peter. I thought Peter was good. He
4: made some saves today. It's not an easy environment to, to play in, especially for a goalie. Um, I thought he made, made saves and it was good. Obviously, the third goal is a tough one for us, but you know, other than that, nothing you can do on the first one. Uh, nothing you can do on the second one. We'll be putting our own net off a funny bounce in the uh, you know, fourth goal pass out, that's off, all that kind of stuff, so some funky goals happening around him, but I thought he, he looked solid, all, all things considered, uh, with
3: you know, the environment and everything like that. Back metal, Steve. Steve. How, uh, how exasperating or frustrating is it to play these bottom half of the league teams, yeah, and uh, game after game, in, in this stretch of schedule, come up short, um, what what is it? What is it saying about your team that you can't beat teams that are apparently less than you?
4: Well, I, I'm not going to read too much into a night like tonight. But certainly, you know, before tonight, you know, we're playing in regular surroundings. It it's something that uh, we haven't been happy with uh, for sure. Um, you know, where we're going to get more than enough opportunity to play against teams that are not in the bottom half of the league. And uh, we'll read a little more into who we are as a team
3: when that happens. Third round.
4: So then what made it hard to generate more offense as the night? Pro- what made it hard to generate offense as the game progressed to later stages? Well, I mean, nothing was happening very smooth out there for either team. Really, the puck was kind of hot potato for a lot of the game, just bouncing around and. and uh, you know, we had a couple of bounces. I mean, shorthanded, we had probably more chances than we had anywhere. Other than that, I thought Buffalo. You know, as we've come to know from playing against them, they they do a really good job of protecting the middle of the ice, and uh, they defend that area well. And on a day like today, when it's hard to get inside there, it's it's, it's challenging. I mean, we didn't get a lot of clean looks, especially that third period, having to kill the penalties. You know, we have, uh, we're playing with the wind in the, in the start of the third period. There's a chance for us, much like the second period, to, to get our game going a little bit, and then we end up having to kill with a couple of penalties, you know, plus starting shorthand in the beginning of the period there. Um, All those kind of things worked against us a little bit there. Uh, but you know, we, we were right there in the hockey game, and they find ways to score goals in the period, and, and we don't. We can do a couple more for Coach, far left side. Sheldon, uh, when the game was close, you did make a, a defensive change in terms of two-year pairs. I'm just wondering what was the thought process behind that? We just, we, we thought that Lilligan had a tough tough first period, and we were going to really monitor that in the second in you know, on that uh, on that first goal against there, you know, again, just it looked like he did in the first, so like he was having a tough day, uh, so we just thought we would change his assignment a little bit, and and change the pairs. We can do one more, there's another question. Back,
3: Steve. Who do you start Tuesday night in goal?
4: I'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I, I mean, I'm not making too many judgments on our goaltending from today's game, good, good or bad. Uh, I don't think it would be fair to do that um, for anybody, but uh, we'll talk about it. We got games coming up here, and, and uh, you know, we'll see how, how Peter got, got through today. From a health standpoint, they playing goal in this, in this environment is probably as hard to harvest. You, you don't come back to the bench or they are pumping heat uh, into the benches or you're standing out there in the cold all day. Um, so we'll see where he's at. We'll make a decision. We're going to take an off day tomorrow to we of get over this and we'll get back to it.
0: That sounds to me like a head coach laying the groundwork for Peter Morazic not starting on Tuesday against the Stars. Uh, we'll see how he bounces back. You know, it was cold out there. Uh, we shall see. Leafs back at it on Tuesday. Three games this week. Gordo, can't wait to be doing them with you. Yeah, looking forward. Home
1: sweet home. Let's, uh, for Toronto Maple Leaf fans, let's have a team that uh, takes advantage. Home sweet
0: home. You keep saying it. Maybe it will eventually be true. Uh, Leafs struggling tonight. 5-2 loss to the Sabres in Hamilton. For Gord Stellick. I'm Brent Gunning. Thanks so much for listening on sports net 590 the fan and the maple leafs radio network